Hello, I'm Dan Aykroyd, and welcome to this fine motion picture emporium. It's nice to know you're here tonight, rather than at home shoving cheap little plastic cartridges into cheap imported video systems that keep you and your family hostage in your own home or apartment. Now, let's face it, big screen entertainment is what it's all about. We've enjoyed it for years. Movies are great. There's nothing like a good movie, or even a bad one for that matter. Go. Welcome back, my friends, to the podcast that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come aside, come aside. I am Joe Spiegel, and sitting across from me is the wonderful... Mike Sutherland. How you doing, Mr. Uh, Wonderful? Yeah. All right. I'm okay. Welcome to our Wonder Woman episode. We're going to talk about that fine piece of DC Warner Brothers cinematic art. We're also going to talk about my flick of the week, which is going to be the HBO original series, The Leftovers. Ultramarines. It's a, it's a movie, based on Warhammer Forty Thousand. Okay, sound like a water purifier. <laughs> Ultramarines. Yeah. That's what it is. A water purifier. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, well, then we'll talk about uh, some you know cool little movie tidbits and uh, make fun of a certain trailer that came out uh, recently. All that and more. Cinescape movie reviews. Magazine. Cinescape magazine movie reviews. Take it away, Johnny. All right, here we go. Hold your ears, folks. It's showtime. <laughs> Meanwhile, how you doing? 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 All right, let's do it. All right, so, uh, I almost said the word reluctantly. You know what? I'll be honest. Reluctantly? When it comes to, 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 to Wonder Woman, because of the, the track history of female superhero movies, you know, standalones, they, you know, and regardless of the intentional shitty, you know, way they've been done or whatever, just the, the, the lack of, you know, true approach to them. I, I've never just been, I've never really cared. I've never looked forward to... You know, any any announcement of any superhero woman, you know, female character getting their own movie. Like, when there was rumors of Black Widow maybe getting her own, I didn't really give a shit. It, it, and that's just part of the system. But when Wonder Woman, you know, when Wonder Woman was announced that they were going to do it, um, even ahead of The Flash and, and, uh, and Aquaman and a few others, um, I just was like, oh, you know, I, I didn't really care because, like I said, the track record, right? But also the DC track record, you know, ever since the the Dark Knight trilogy, which, you know, regardless of what problems it might or might not have, it for its own little thing, it was really, really good. It like set a bar. But this cinematic universe that they're doing now, it's, you know, it, it, it hasn't been exciting. It hasn't. So the announcement of Wonder Woman coming out, I didn't really give a shit. It, to me, it felt more like a PR move at first. Having said that, this is a good movie. Yes, it is. And I know that, you know, there's a lot of times where you're used to living a certain way and sometimes you either, you maybe you do notice things, but you don't really fully notice them. So you don't really care because you're not, you're not, it's not happening to you. So you don't think about it. But if you really think about it, female superhero characters have not gotten their just desserts when it comes to, especially when it's come to movies. Um, no one has taken them seriously enough. To, to make a good movie. Supergirl sucked. Catwoman definitely fucking sucked. Elektra sucked. Elektra offended me, and I've never even seen it. Th that's how much it sucked. 
You know, Tank Girl had a cool style to it, but it had nothing to go along with it. Okay, we don't need to see, I don't need to see Ice-T in a fucking kangaroo uniform. You know what I mean? It just, it didn't do anything. So I've never been excited about any female characters. Uh, but Wonder Woman <laughs> is like that step in the right direction. Problem is that it's getting blown up bigger than it is. I mean, the quality of the film itself. I don't mean the statement that it's making. And I, I look, I, I like the statement that it's making. Um, that you can have a female superhero lead and not rely on the constant, you know, male superheroes to come and save the day. It, you know, it's like, boom, you, if you do it right, if you pay the right attention to it, you can make a female superhero, um, just as big and just as, uh, uh, you know, extraordinary as the male, male superheroes. It just hadn't been done right. Cause no one gave a shit enough to, to give the right attention to it. Wonder Woman also is the best cinematic universe uh movie that dc's done so far you know because of the three that came before it you know uh, man of steel you know bvs and uh suicide squad this this one shows the most maturity at filmmaking and better writing overall and we'll get into <laughs> we'll get into all my comparisons of to captain america okay. with this movie but um, I remember, uh, what was it on some news on one of these, you know, Facebook feeds, these groups, I make a comment about how the movie, even though the movie's very good, it, it's very comparable to Captain America, the first Avenger the, yeah, you had, you know, the, the DC defenders come in, right. And they get all butthurt and they start going, no, 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 well, you, there's nothing similar at all. And I, I just, I just lay down this fucking list of all these things. They go, yeah, there's this, there's this, this. but no, there's, there's nothing there. There's nothing comparable at all. It, there is. There's a lot of comparisons. Some, some subtle. It's just a different war. <laughs> yeah, just, and, and look. No the, motor, well, I was going to say no motorcycle, but, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, you know what? When the movie's all said and done with, it didn't matter that there, this movie triggers a lot of Captain America First Avenger vibes. It it didn't matter because they still did it right. You know, if look, if you're going to copy a movie, might as well copy one that did a damn good job because I wasn't excited for Captain America when it first came out. I was. I didn't really because I knew who was directing it. Yeah, I just yeah, yeah you're right. But um, it just for me, I've never been a huge fan of Captain America because he's always seemed cheesy to me. Right? Then all of a sudden, Chris Evans comes in and was it Joe Johnston? Yes. Yeah. So Joe Johnston fucking does it, and I'm like, holy shit! They fucking they found a way to make Captain America interesting to me. Right. You know, I mean, who the fuck am I? But you know what I mean. So, you're Joe. Yeah. So I, that movie was a surprise to me, and it, it, you go to Wonder Woman, and there's all these things, man. I mean, come on, dude. The villains, all right. The the you know the uh, Danny Houston character and uh, and the the Doctor Poison character. Uh huh. That's straight up fucking uh, uh, Red Skull, and then um, uh, oh god, I forgot his name, but you know the. Stoyle or uh, uh, yeah, Stoller, Stoller. I think it was name. Those, I mean, they're straight up. You know, the experimenter, right? The mm-hmm. the, the inventor. <laughs> it and then also the big giant warplane. Captain American. What an idiot I am. Captain America. <laughs> you know, the g- big giant warplane, right? Um, uh, oh God, yeah, oh, definitely the war stuff. But also the rag team, ragtag uh, crew. Yeah, the first Avenger. You know, it, there's there's a lot of similarities. And look, this movie originally was going to take the. The, um, yeah, the the only difference is, is that she doesn't wake up after eighty years in a ice coma. Yeah, instead they switch the sacrifice thing 
Because right. you, you know, Steve sacrifices himself technically in, in First Avenger, and in this one, you know, you know, spoiler alert, Chris Pine, right? Uh-huh. Um, and the big giant warplane, right? Right. Um, and yeah, there's just all these things. So anyone who, and I'm not trying to say that as a bad thing. I mean, is it? Eh, maybe a little bit, but not really. It, it's if you're gonna steal, steal from the best. Yeah, that's right. So like how you always mentioned Empire. Yes. <laughs> um, it's okay. Because you know what? DC, DC's been making all these wrong steps. And this movie makes, um, you know, and I think definitely thanks to Patty Jenkins for making this, but this movie makes... Um, Toby Jones, Dr. Uh, Zola. Zola, yeah. What is Zola? How's close? Yeah, he's at um, Staller, but same uh, Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so it's... um. It makes uh, it, it makes this movie makes those other films seem even worse. And I look, I, I like Man of Steel. I don't love it, but I like Man of Steel. BVS is just I can't, I can't, I can't defend that movie. I can't. It fucks up way too much. And, and Suicide Squad gets worse every time I see it. So this movie is just like, God damn, why didn't you do this three films ago? There was a thread that I saw that basically said. DC Universe movies are better than Marvel movies. Uh-huh. And I'm thinking, whoever wrote this has never really watched a modern DC Universe movie. Uh-huh. So they don't get it. Yeah. Look, it's just like, it's always the segregation of of of, of, of anything. Um, platforms. You have P- PS4 fans. You have fucking Xbox fans, right? It, it's always... Oh, this is better, and this is better. No, fuck you. No, fuck you. It, 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 it even bleeds into the DC Marvel thing. Some people just can't enjoy both of them for what they are. Instead, it's always got to be this loyalty, this blind loyalty to one side or the other. I'm not like that, and I give credit where credit is due. Just like when it comes to sports, when I used to be a huge sports fan, I fucking hated the 49ers, but I respected that they won. You understand? Uh-huh. I, I'm a PlayStation guy, but I respect Xbox for what it does. I just it's just not my thing. I've never been into it. You know? Um Marvel and, and DC. I, I'm I'm on both sides, man. I want both of them to be fucking amazing. But when but when one side keeps killing it every goddamn year and this other one just keeps on fucking limping along trying to catch up, there's it's it's noticeable. You're, you 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 can't help but talk some shit about it because right. It's disappointment, right? We're all disappointed. And look, it, look, sure, there's always the people that, that enjoyed it. And you know what? More fucking power to you. If you like Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice, if you fucking really like that, if you think that movie is the bee's knees, man, you like that movie, good for you. Good for you. Go have a popsicle. Go, go color in the fucking corner. Good for you. But to people like me who want better quality of film, I didn't get that. Okay, I got mediocrity. I got, I got hopeful moments that got shit on by, by, <laughs> by bad moments, continuously bad moments throughout. So Wonder Woman helps this. I but the problem here here's the here's the biggest problem I think though with Wonder Woman being as good as it is, is now it raises that bar to this level where anything below that is going to look like shit. Now it's going to look even worse because they did it. They showed Warner Brothers has shown that they can make a good DC cinematic, you know, universe film. It's possible. So you can't regress. <laughs> you got to keep bringing it now. You have to. Okay? Cuz even though these other movies were making a shit ton of money, now you have the quality with it, right? Uh-huh. You have you have a, a bona fide money maker 
but you also have you have with great power you have great responsibility right <laughs> so um you have to bring a better movie so when when justice league comes around it's going to have to kick fucking ass okay it can't feel like that rush thing look i have never once gotten any excitement for this justice league movie now don't get me wrong all the aquaman scenes look pretty fucking cool uh, i'll give it that but it's i it doesn't give me the fucking the 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 fanboy boner man like with uh tr- you know thor ragnarok trailers you know or the thor ragnarok trailer or the you know anything the guardians of the galaxy brings or you know the trailers for the first Avengers or even the second Avengers, Age of Ultron before we saw it, right? Right. Just the trailer was like, holy shit, fucking no strings on me, right? It's fucking awesome. Even though it's a mediocre movie. Yeah, even though the, a lot of the movies fucking, yeah. But yeah, but, they were totally playing out the Pinocchio thing. But still, Ultron is still a better, way way better overall movie than Dawn of Justice, you know? Uh-huh. Because even though it's not great, the it, Marvel still has a better plan. And now... This movie makes it so DC better start showing a better plan. And I don't know if they're going to do it yet because when you have Justice League come out in a few months, that shit was already planned ahead of time. And I know Zack Snyder was a part of this of this film of Wonder Woman. You know, um, he helped with the story, but still it he was smart enough to not try to take that over as well, you know. Um I think well, he had a hand in writing it. Yeah. And so I think that uh maybe he should start doing the uh, uh, the Joss Whedon thing, which is oversee a little bit, you know, help out a little bit. I think you should just walk away from it. Or just not touch everything. Yeah, yeah. get out of there. <laughs> and there is that as well. So, I mean, look, he, he's got some family issues. and so That they, has nothing to do with it. And so uh, you've got Joss Whedon, um, you know, doing the final little touches on Justice League. But I don't think that's going to be – no, I'm not saying anything mean about his family issues. That's fucked up, and and you know, I didn't say power, I didn't you know I wasn't saying that. So that's family. One has nothing to do him being it, him creating films and this and family stuff. Two separate things, one hundred percent, and one has nothing to do with the other. So by saying you know, oh you know, just because this and that doesn't excuse the fact that he's made shitty films. So. I don't know how if it's how late in the game it is with the Joss Whedon thing, him taking over. Well, the, for the fucking movie comes out in November. Yeah, so this happened what a month ago, give or take a couple La- weeks. Yeah, last month or that they you know at least announced it. So yeah, this happened last month. So bad things, and so May, June, July, yeah. so, August. I mean, September, with the October, with the November. comes with out the, November, with right? The, with, yeah, yeah, but with seven months. Yeah, so with, with six I mean, months. Besides the possibilities of maybe a few reshoots. It, the possibility, I don't know. I, I don't, I'm not fucking there, so I don't know. But I don't know how much Whedon is there to fix or to improve upon or or escort to the finishing, uh, you know, finishing line. Right? I don't know. But all in all, in my opinion, this is still a Zack Snyder thing. So I don't think Justice League is going to stand up to the level of of Wonder Woman. That's what I'm trying to say. Okay. Um, so then you're gonna have to go from there, and I, I don't know what's the next movie that's coming out after that. I I, I think it's Suicide Squad two, <laughs> maybe. So I don't know. Um, and then the, the, you see all the confusion that's going on with uh with the uh, the Flash movie. You know, no one knows what the fuck they're doing. Uh, I didn't even know there was a Flash movie coming out yet. Yeah, they just keep on. They, there's problems with getting uh, a director and 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 all the shit is. So 
that's the that's the downside of this movie is that I think it might have upped the expectations for the other films even more. And uh, good luck, good luck bringing it because you know. Um, to me, uh, the, one of my favorite parts of the movie was the like the first the, was it the first act where uh-huh. they're on um, Themyscira. Is that how you pronounce it? Themyscira, right? Yeah. Um, that whole thing was awesome, and that that didn't feel like a ripoff of anything. I mean, the costumes kind of reminded me of Troy in a way, but that that's whatever. It um, that whole Amazonian thing on the island was I, I liked it. It was it was cool. You had you had kick ass characters, um, especially Robin Wright's character as the general. You know, she was fucking awesome. I could see her having her own movie, practically right. Um, this the that whole seek scene the whole sequence of events before she ends up leaving the island um it screams almost for its own uh it needs its own spin-off you know i could see it totally doing that because i was interested the whole time uh the rest of the movie like i said is the the comparison things you know to to captain america but there's more to it than just that because uh i don't care what maybe a, a handful of people might be saying about gal gadot not being the greatest actress in this movie, I don't see it. I don't see what the problem is at all with her acting because in this fucking movie, I think she owns the character. Oh, absolutely. You know, she's, I, I believe everything about her, um, all of the different emotional ranges that she goes through, you know, as like a curious child, innocent person to, you know, she's almost kind of reminds me in some little part of Lilu, you know, from uh, The Fifth Element, you know, the um, uh, Mila Jovovich character, mm-hmm. right? Um, and then it's there's like a progression of character with her. And even though she's, she's, she's tough throughout the whole thing, she's still innocent at first. And she doesn't, you know, it, it's, everything's a shock to her. All these bad things that she didn't know it really existed. Right. They were just all in legend or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, this, um, I think what helps escort the movie along besides how good Gal Gadot is with it is that they give her a love, int- love interest like Chris Pine's character who doesn't try to hog the spotlight with this movie. Because you've seen him in Star Trek and other movies like This Means War and stuff where he can take center stage and just own the movie, right? Right. And this one, he he's just he's right along there with her. And and nothing feels forced. Nothing feels pushed. Um, he's a great love interest and... And yeah, like I said, he doesn't he doesn't seem to try to take over the movie from her. It, this is her movie. This is, you know, this is Diane fucking, you know, quote unquote Prince. <laughs> Diana right? Prince. Yeah. This is Diana Prince's movie. And and he's just along for part of the ride or for for the whole ride, you know, until the movie's over, right? Um and then, you know, there's uh you know, they, I have little 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 things here and there, but all in all, it didn't matter like the little problems because the action scenes for one those action scenes were fucking awesome. I they 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 knew when to sl- do the slowdowns. They knew when to, you know, do the extra little bits of CG where she's jumping through windows or fucking going through walls and shit. Um, all that shit was cool. And uh, that there was even a once there was even one scene where I got I got the fucking chills. I got the fucking you know the 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 excited chills. You know that you get with certain things like like say the Matrix when when. Uh, when Neo saves Trinity from the helicopter and it crashes into the building and explodes, I get fucking chills from that every time I watch it. This the, the scene that I'm talking about in this movie in Wonder Woman is the scene where she's in the the foxhole with everybody else and 
she's she's like she gets she starts getting fucking sick and tired of all these people suffering and everything and she says fuck this i'm doing it pretty much and she just goes out into the field and just starts kicking ass and it was so well so well shot and portrayed by by gal gadot that the scene gave me chills it was fucking great it was like a hacksaw ridge type scene you know which is funny because the the guy who did the musical score for hacksaw ridge does the musical score for this movie which is which is uh, kind of kind of funny because um, there was uh, it reminded me of that movie. Uh, what else? Um, I there are a few third act problems, you know. I mean, the, the whole battling the big bad guy at the end. I it's I don't know. It, it you know. I mean, what else are you gonna do? I mean, look 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 when look when the Avengers Infinity Wars kind of come out, and when the second second one comes out, where they're gonna fight Thanos, right? It's going to be this big fucking battle. So, I mean, you're going to have to... It's and Certain things are inevitable. It's just... I don't know. It seemed like now with this movie, that third act uh, finale battle, it's kind of... Kind of regresses the film in a way because it doesn't add anything to it. I think it would have worked better if um, if the Ares character had... Had... I don't... Had made her like kind of like face her, face her fears and... and something okay i'll give you an example you go back to the 1995 mortal Kombat movie there's this thing where the katana character tells the three main characters of raiden sonya blade and luke kang she tells them there's these three things that you have to you have to you know face before you can fight you know shang sung right why are you relating this to mortal Kombat? I, i'm trying to i'll get to it i'll get to it and it's these three things one of them is face yourself the others face your fear and then face your enemy, right? And and instead of it actually being something uh, resonant and 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 have detail to it, it's just more like Luke King says, well, "You can see into my soul, but you don't own it." And then she goes, "Okay, you faced your fear. Now let's move on to the next one." Right? It's like fucking throwaway, throwaway dialogue. In this movie, <laughs> in this movie, um, God damn it! I know what I, you knew. I was gonna do this, didn't you? No. I, I fucking lost my train of thought on it because I went too far out. See what happens when I try to go too far? Face your fear. Um, it would have worked better than... It, it seemed like they did like that throwaway with uh, with the Ares character on Wonder Woman where he's all, oh, well, you know, you know, all lonely love can conquer and, and all this stuff. It, it well, just, that... that, that. That whole scene right there was just garbage anyways. The only love can conquer all. I mean, it's just, it's such a fucking Hollywood cliche or yeah. trope that we didn't need it. Yeah. You know, oh, I finally see the light. Love conquers all. Yeah. And, uh, and yet she still had to kick his ass. No. The the sword that you use to stab people, yeah. that generally conquers all. Love is <laughs> love is something that's uh, a chemical, re- to quote Rick from Rick and Morty, love yeah. is a chemical reaction. It's all bullshit. Life is an illusion. Yeah. Like, or, gold. or like Schwarzenegger in End of Days. Yeah. Between my Glock 9mm and my Bible. I'm going to use my Glock. <laughs> so it, the universe is an illusion. Life is a, you know, the universe is a hologram. Life is an illusion by gold. <laughs> there you go. Spaceballs 2, the search for more money. So, yeah, I, I, I have minor issues with this movie. Uh-huh. Most of it with the CG. Okay. You know, like when she's jumping from, when she's learning her powers and yeah. she jumps from you know the uh, the cliff edge 
over onto the uh, tower wall where she's climbing up to grab the sword. Yeah. Obvious. That's that's like Spider-Man, original Spider-Man, Sam Raimi CG. Yeah. And then the other ones were during the fight when she's fighting Ares and stuff like that. Yeah. It is so obvious CG. <laughs> yeah. You know, that when she gets thrown around and shit like that, generally when she's tossed or when she's jumping, you know, great distances. Yeah. The CG isn't that good. That that's just it's a fucking minor problem. Yeah. And frankly, you know, it it doesn't affect my score on on the movie at all. My complaint with it was some of the cheesy lines like the love conquers all type of thing yeah. or Steve Trevor crashing and then and then the Amazons getting all pissy about him crashing cuz he found out, but really they aren't that way. You know, they wouldn't attack him out of spite. Yeah. They would have they you know they do exactly what they did later on, which was they capture him. You know what are you? Where are you from? You know, and most of them know that he's a male. Yeah, um, they're not as they're they're not as xenophobic and fucking secluded as everyone thinks they are because you have them go out into the real world and experience life, and then they come back home or they don't. Yeah, but generally most of them come back home. Like Rob Springer. Yeah, but or they or they don't want to go out. You know to the real world anyways because they they feel that they don't need to explore that part of their life. Yeah. Well, uh in in DC Legend at least, you know, from watching the Justice League stuff and whatever else with Themyscira, most of the superheroes knows it ex- know, know it exists and they've been invited there. Yeah. You know, for one reason or another. And, you know, most of the reasons are because they have to defend it or you know, they're, they're going to, you know, because Diana, you know, needs their help or whatever, and she's called them there for whatever reason. Yeah. You know, we, obviously this is when she's older, but still, the idea of Wonder Woman wasn't just Diana. It was, it's like a mantle, uh-huh. you know? Like and, Green Lantern. It doesn't just yeah. have to be one person. Right. And, and, and that's, I'm going to look it up just to make sure I'm not fucking sticking my foot in my mouth. <laughs> I assumed you know a lot more about uh, Wonder Woman than I do, because I don't know a whole lot. <laughs> but yeah, it was. It was. I always thought it was a mantle and not something that uh, was just you know an assumed name for her. Yeah. Um. Wonder Woman's origin story relates that she was sculpted from clay by her mother given life by Aphrodite along with superhuman power gifts by the Greek gods. In recent years, artists updated her profile. She's been depicted as the daughter of Zeus and jointly raised by her mother and her aunts. Oris George Perez gave her a muscular look and emphasized her Amazonian heritage. Jim Lee redesigned Diana's costume. She inherits Ares' divine abilities, becoming the personified god of war. And Greg clarified her sexual orientation as bisexual, giving her a backstory that includes positive relationships with women, which is just all PC bullshit anyways. Um, You don't need to define someone's sexual orientation. You just let them be who they are. Uh, Besides, if she grew up in an all-lady island, it wouldn't eventually... I mean, the odds are... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, Yeah. Horny guy uh, response. Um, That was your most condescending laugh ever. It's just 
The guy that created her, William Moulton Marston, discussed the unfulfilled potential of the comic book medium. The article caught the attention of comics publisher Max Gaines, who hired Marston as an educational consultant for national periodicals. Two of the companies will merge to form DC Comics. Um, he just struck upon a new idea of a, uh, for a kind of superhero who could triumph not with fist or power, but with love. Fine, but make her a woman, said Elizabeth, whoever Elizabeth is. Uh, Marston's wife suggested to him that she be a female. So Marston was always about the love thing. That's where it comes from. Yeah. Still, I mean, this is from the 40s, and it's kind of cheesy, but it works. Well, but at the she's time, strong. it was poetic. Right. Uh, Marston desired Wonder Woman to be an allegory, allegory to the ideal love leader, the kind of woman who should run society. So that's fine. Um, like I said, I always thought that uh, it, the history of Wonder Woman wasn't just Diana. Uh-huh. You know, it was handed down from generation to generation. That's so she inherited all that stuff. Apart from you know Aphrodite's law, you know uh, bracelets of submission together by a man take her away. Her take by a man. What? Marston went on record by describing bondage and submission as a respectable and noble practice. Marston wrote in a weakness for Wonder Woman which was attached to a fictional stipulation that he dubbed Aphrodite's Law that made the chaining of her bracelets of submission together by a man take away her Amazonian super strength. The weakness served to subvert this damsel in distress trope since Wonder Woman inevitably rescues herself. However, not everything about his creation was explicitly explained, which caused confusion among writers and fans for many years. Wonder Woman has evolved as a frontrunner of emancipation for the suffragettes who fight... This is, look, she's a great role model. She really is, you know. But sometimes we just look way too far into things uh-huh. instead of just seeing them for what they are uh-huh. in that she's she's an awesome superhero, Yeah, you know. And the fact that it's the first real female superhero movie, you know. That's taken seriously. Yeah, it's it's a good movie. Yeah. That's what it comes down to. This is a good movie. Is it a great movie? No. <laughs> but so, but a lot it, of people are reacting to it like it's a great movie. It's a goddamn enjoyable mu- movie. Yeah. Movie. And and what's so good about it is the fact that DC, who are, you know, who, Patty Jenkins, let's not forget that there was a female that directed this. Patty Jenkins really went to town and learned Wonder Woman, uh-huh. unless she already knew it. She wanted to make Wonder Woman like ten years ago. Yeah, so she's always she's she's been a fan of Wonder Woman for a long, long time. Yeah, if she wanted to make it ten years ago, then she's she wanted to make it ten years before that, or she'd been a fan for ten years before that. Yeah, or longer. Um, I don't honestly, I don't know uh, how old Patty Jenkins is, so I can't assume anything. Well, uh, I mean, look, I've only seen one other one of her films, which is uh, Monster with Charlize Theron, uh, which she won the Oscar for. Yeah, she's she's my age. She's exactly my age, and she lives. Hey, Patty, want to take? So, <laughs> um, oh, she's married. She's Aww. married. Um, she's she is a great director. Yeah. And by her doing, yeah, she's fucking cute. Yeah. Um, and by her doing Wonder Woman, so. 10 years ago, make it 35. 10 years before, they make it 25. So she's been probably a Wonder Woman fan for a long, long time, or at least a DC Comics fan. Uh-huh. And <clears throat> she has done Monster, uh, The Killing. She did uh, 
uh, a couple of uh, the rest of development. Let's see, Entourage. That's a couple bad. of episodes of Entourage. The Killing, Betrayal, Exposed. A lot of TV movie stuff uh, in two mo- in two movies. But that doesn't mean anything. She is really into her subject, and that's what it comes down to. Yeah. When you get a fan that's a fan of the, when you get a person that's a fan of the subject that is able to make a movie, Joe Johnston of Captain America mm-hmm. or the Russo brothers, or even Joss Whedon, who I am not a fan of. Yeah. But let's face it, he understands the properties. Yeah, and 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 Patty Jenkins, uh, just from her what she did in Monster, you can tell she knows how to make. How to direct interesting female leads. Right. And she transferred that right into uh, Wonder Woman. Yeah. She also did uh, Superheroes Decoded, a uh, TV series documentary uh, that's supposed to be... If you notice all the female characters in this film, you know, uh, all the Amazonians, uh-huh. right? And then you go to, uh, what is it, uh, Lucy Davis's character, you know, the, the, the receptionist. Right. Secretary. She was a really good character. Yeah, she wasn't. she wasn't a character that, I mean was mousy in any way. Yeah. You know, she she wasn't, she didn't try to stand out. No. She was just yeah. her. Yeah. She was like a, a, a less used version of, um, of, uh, oh, God damn it. The, the guy, you know, the sidekick character from Fantastic Beasts. Sure. <laughs> the guy who's going to, you know, we, we all wanted to play uh, um, Sam Kinison. Um, right. Dan Fogelman. Right. Fogelberg. Yeah, Fogelman. Um, uh, Fogler, Dan Fogler. There Dan we go. Fogler. I knew I'd make it, man. I, I just need the handheld in it. So, um, she's like that. She's that that funny side character who she, she they didn't overuse her. They didn't turn her into a gimmick, and that's why it, it, Patty Jenkins seemed to know what to do with pretty much every character. She knew which characters needed emphasis, which ones didn't, except for the villains. I got a problem with the villains. Not 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 all in all. Oh, that's Lucy Davis. Not all in all. Um, <laughs> she was in Shaun of the Dead. No yeah. shit. Okay. Yeah, that's all the the magic of makeup, right? Yeah, because of how she looks in this movie. Yeah, she looked dumpy. Yeah. So, like Lucy Davis is is weird hot. Yeah. She got a big old forehead. <laughs> God damn, she does. But that's all right. She's still cute. She was in the office. Okay. That makes her unique. Uh-oh, Mike, did you know that she was an equestrian? Uh, okay. That was a joke. Even though she is a, an equestrian. Titties. Yeah, so like it, that's her. And yeah, it's, it's good makeup, dude. I I don't know if that's makeup or maybe <laughs> she gained weight. Well, some, I, peop, some, some actors are able to do that. Yeah, character actors, right? Yeah. Or uh, uh, method actors. Like Ma- Christian Meth Bale. actors? <laughs> yeah. Like Christian Bale, we could gain and lose weight for a role, and then you know have health problems for the rest of his life because of it. Yeah, or some shit. He's even him and Tom Hardy have talked about that. Have you heard about Tom Hardy talking about that? I did, but I can't remember what it was he said. He said, "When you're younger, it's easier to do, but when you, as you get older, uh, you start developing lots and lots of problems. Like my joints hurt mm-hmm. really, really bad, and it's severely unhealthy for you. Yeah, and um, you know, it's there's there's nothing I can do about it, but um, you know, because what's happened in the past has happened in the past. Yeah. But, you know, moving forward in the future, there's, you know, I'll, I'll be able to take care of myself more and, you know, I'm not going to take those roles that require me to lose or gain tons of weight. Yeah, and Hugh Jackman, I mean, he's, he's like flabbergasted that he's probably not going to be doing Logan anymore because he doesn't have to go into that intense workout regimen, which he says the older he gets, the harder it gets. Yep. So, I mean, just imagine someone who keeps in shape like that all the time and still, it's still hard on someone like that 
to go to that next level, you know, yeah. more than the, the average person. Your body yeah. just can't take it. Yeah. So it's like your body's like a car, right? <laughs> it gets used to being treated a certain way and you can't keep fucking changing the way that you drive it or you treat it, right? Yeah, in, in a sense. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, I, I didn't have a problem with uh, with the, the all the ragtag group, right? Right. You know, the, the, uh, they didn't they didn't have they got they had enough moment for dialogue and stuff like that. They were cool. They were nice little side characters. Um, my problem, though, was, like I said, with uh, Danny Houston's character and um, Elena and Naya, who played Dr. Poison, they were just throwaway villains. You know what I mean? Right. They were just the the fucking figurehead. You know, he's that guy that you hate in mafia movies or whatever, where the you know the the leader always fucking just kills people just to make a point. Right. You know that's what he was doing. But well, no, he only did it to one person. Yeah. I, and, and and see, the thing that I hate is needlessly killing a character because for exposition. They, yeah, they they made a mistake or yeah. they they did this or they did that, and and they. It's it's a dumb trope to yeah. use a nut, to use that word again. Yeah, you're not going to win loyalty if you keep offing guys like that all the time. Yeah, and the other thing is is, is fear fear through weapons. Well, if you can kill somebody, wouldn't that put the thought through everybody else's head? Like, well, if he shoots that person, why don't I just shoot him? Yeah, and just end his fucking you know reign of terror. Yeah, exactly. So. Um, Doctor Poison is actually one of the characters in Wonder Woman. By the way, I, I, she is. I a, didn't. Uh, I wouldn't doubt it. I just don't know anything about the character. Um, I assume that them specifically calling her Doctor Poison probably had some connection because, from what I understand, this movie was originally going to be set during World War II, like the comic book um, for the Steve Trevor stuff. Uh huh. But they decided to change it to World War One. My opinion is that so it didn't seem as obvious. As as Captain America because Captain America was during World War Two, right? Yeah, um, Doctor Poison made her debut in the Golden Age. Um, uh, is the chief of the Poison Division for a Nazi spy band who had planned to contaminate the United States Army water with Reverso, a drug that completes compels sorry whoever takes it to do the exact opposite of what they're told. Don't kill this guy. <gasps> I must go kill this guy. <laughs> uh, she disguised her I gender by wearing a bulky hooded costume and a mask. Uh, Dr. Poison's underlings captured Steve Trevor, brought him to their base in America where he's questioned. Wonder Woman disguised as a nurse aided Steve Trevor. Uh, later, Princess Mara escaped prison and disguised herself as Mei Sing, a princess who worked in a Chinese nightclub. Um, let's see. Uh, Wonder Woman pulls off her disguise. She discovers that Dr. Poison is... Uh, Maru, a Japanese princess. Maru made one more attempt to defeat the Amazon, was tackled by Edda and coerced into giving up the antidote. So this this movie is steeped in Wonder Woman lore. Yeah. Including uh, um, Dr. Poison. Edda um, Candy, who was played by Lucy Davis. Edda Candy, Steve Trevor. Uh, the uh, After the events of Crisis Infinite, no, never mind. Um, now Marina Maru is the name of the character is uh dr poison and um that's all i have on her all right uh she appeared in sensation comics uh february 1942 that was her first appearance all right uh as marina maru in wonder woman number 151 december 1999 so created by the guy that created the fucking you know wonder woman not bill finger no scientific genius in the use of pathogens poisons toxins and plagues so they they really used her well um, 
to her character. Yeah. You know, but we'll see if she survives or whatever else. Again, it's a comic book movie, so. Yeah. You know, everybody survives. If you don't see them die on screen, yep. they're, they're alive. Just like with the Red Skull. You know he's not dead. Oh, yeah. No, the Red Skull actually went into one of the uh, um, infinity, into the portals. Uh-huh. Like one of the, um, he escaped into space. <laughs> yeah. That's what he did. What if he, what if he shows up in Ragnarok? He may. That would be cool. Because so, um, he's, a, he's a very interesting character, and he was awesomely played by Hugo Weaving. Yeah. Even though we have some reservations about Mr. I'm Weaving. I'm not <laughs> a fan of Hugo Weaving. I am as him as an actor because of how many awesome performances he's given. But, yeah, there's there's definitely reservations about him because of his attitude about certain things that we're into. So Yeah. But, uh, you know what? Maybe maybe his opinion is because look how shitty it's been treated. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen the fucking even the, the they're making fun of the poster for the new Transformers movie because it looks fucking it's horrible fucking awful it looks like a like a, a, a was it a foreign bootleg of the movie you know like when you when you actually see them on the street that's what it looks like fucking multi-billion dollar franchise dude I don't even care Ugh. I don't care yeah uh, be honest Mike how badly it's not gonna happen but how badly do you want this new Transformers to fail 100%. <laughs> I think it's even more than 100%. Like, I really just... It's not going to happen, but yeah. Be like the next fucking John Carter. Uh-huh. That, you know, I, I just... I, I want it to. I want it to fucking fail because it needs a reboot. It, if anything's screaming for a reboot that I can think of off the top of my head, it's Transformers. You, you, they, <laughs> All right. Anyway. <laughs> Our hate has been going on for half a decade on that shit. Right. Um, so anyway... Uh, I don't think we need to talk about every detail about the movie. I, I like David Thewlis. Um, when his when the reveal comes out about his character, it was kind of I, I kind of had a feeling about him anyway, you know. So w- when the reveal happened, it wasn't that much of a surprise to me. It was like, yeah, I kind of saw it. it was gonna it could have been that, right? Was it like that for you? Sure. <laughs> All right, thanks for the support, bro. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Anyway, um, the love story wasn't overdone. Nope. Um. You know, I, I I thought that the fish out of water stuff wasn't overdone. They had just the right amount enough to give it give her character more charm, right? Yeah, and make you fall in love with her even more, right? Yeah, and 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 the um, the my way or the highway type of thing. Her attitude: we're going to do this now. Uh-huh. It was, again, just as you said, it wasn't overdone. None of this movie was way overdone, except for some of the CG. Uh-huh. You know, uh, the actually the final fight between her and Ares was kind of lacking. Uh-huh. You know, it reminded me of the of some of the um, well from Attack of the Clones, where Anakin and uh, Dooku were fighting. Uh-huh. It kind of reminded me of that. Okay, just um, a lot of monologuing. Uh, yeah, a lot of it, yeah, yeah, talking, no action type of thing. Uh-huh. So whatever. it, it could have if it could have done found a way to delve deeper into to the psyche of. Of Wonder Woman or Ares or both, uh, it could have worked better in some way. It could have been worked better. But I don't think you really needed to. We understood Ares' psyche from the beginning. It's you don't need to delve any deeper into a character that uh, has a history with Wonder Woman that's going to continue to have a history. You're introducing characters. You don't need to go any further than the than what they did. The problem is, is that David Thewlis is not an action hero. I know that was. Dude, I but, love David Thewlis, and it, look, as long as he played Ares as a as that alternate form, 
you know, the English fucking major or whatever, fine. Right. But once he became Ares, when they showed his face in the mask, I'll, I just keep seeing a cleaner version of that asshole from fucking Fargo. That's exactly what I saw. It was very hard to. Yeah. It was very hard to separate David Thewlis in Wonder Woman. Yeah. As whatever, because he still plays the bad guy. Spoiler yeah. alert. Yeah. And in Fargo, he plays the same character minus the mustache. Yeah, and, and right? worse teeth. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, maybe it is the same character. Maybe it is Ares. Maybe it is Ermintrout. Yeah. Ermintrout is Ares. Yeah, Ermintrout is Ares. <laughs> the reason why I remember his name is because it's such a a rare na- rare name on TV. But that's the same name as uh, as Mike on uh, Better Call Saul. Yeah. That's why I remember the name. Oh, uh, the other thing is, um, there's a rumor that uh, Fenris, the the Fenris Wolf, is going to show up in uh, Thor Ragnarok. Okay. So, that's that's uh, during the gladiator battles. Okay, we'll find out, won't yes, we? Yes, we will. Soon, but, but hell, I think even before Justice League comes out. I hope so. So, um, yeah, I look. The movie's got a 93% approval rating on uh, Rotten Tomatoes. Uh huh. Um, which I'm starting to see people complaining about Rotten Tomatoes. The, the shit that we've huh. been talking about. Because huh. they're getting tired of movies getting higher ratings than they should get. And some huh. not getting high enough ratings. Because the rating system is is a lie. They, they make the movie look like it's great just because all the critics agree on it or something. Or, or none of the critics agree. What have or, I been saying for the last two months? It's bullshit? Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. But we're just using it as our, our just a fun, you know. Pr- it's a prediction. And you, it's mo- you can't. You can't rate. You can't. It's an aggregate yeah. website for movie ratings. So you can't just take the top ten critics or twenty critics, and then average out their scores and say this is the movie rating. Yeah, but they do it. It doesn't fucking work that way. That's not how it. movie ratings work. Yeah, and it and it throws everybody off, yeah. right? And you it, can you know the certified fresh is cool. Just give it a thumbs up or a thumbs down. Yeah. Yes or no. Or a meh. <laughs> yeah. Yes. No. Or fuck off. Yeah. We gave Wonder Woman. Damn. I, I was that. I'm. I'm the 52. Yeah. <laughs> You've always been that one. Yeah. Okay. And you were closer. You. You actually had. You had faith, my man. I did because I liked the trailer. Okay. So. Um, <laughs> I and I. It was reserved. Remember. I, it was. It was a caution. I was being cautious with my. My 86, but I was like, you know, yeah. you can't have three or four failures in a row without getting a, yeah. you know, every so, dog has his day thing. So good job, DC Warner Brothers. One out of four ain't bad. Yes. <laughs> so. However, my rating for the movie is not an 86. No. It is a 75 or I, a 7.5. That's, yeah, that's what I gave it. Yep. Uh, minor, minor issues, but overall very strong story. Patty Jenkins was great. Yeah. Uh, the soundtrack was phenomenal. Yeah. Um, it's just... It's Captain America, World War One. Yeah, and look, you you made me a fan of a female superhero. Yeah, I've always been a fan of Wonder Woman. I I, I liked her character, what yeah. they did, and this is exactly what I have been talking about with the DC characters is by taking the character and and basically just oh, fucking just uh, animated seriesing, if that's a word, uh, <laughs> basically an, using the animated series as your template mm-hmm. to create a movie. That is going to be great, uh-huh. and this is great. So, you know, seventy-five, you know, is still. If you look at it from football terms, and I'll give you, I'll give you an exact example of football terms. Twelve out of sixteen, twelve and four. Yeah, that's a Super Bowl contender. New England Patriots, baby. Yeah. But that's not what I'm talking about. 
What I'm talking about is this. When you look at a New England, New England, fucking A, man, my brain is just stuck <laughs> on three things. Van Halen, New England, and goddamn uh, Star Wars. <laughs> but um, when you when you look at a football team that has done a draft, and we'll, we're going to take the Tennessee Titans in this one. Uh-huh. Um, like several years ago in the draft, they drafted eight people. Of those eight people that were on the team, none are on the team now. That means that that's that draft is like two. Let's call it, let's call it two thousand eight draft. Okay, it's not even. It's not that, but it's you know maybe it was three years ago. The two thousand thirteen. Uh, four. No, two thousand thirteen. That's what I'm talking about. It may have been the two thousand thirteen draft. Okay. Um, if you have if you have zero draft picks on your team, that means that that draft year was a fail. The next year, they drafted six people. Three people are still st- still on the team. That's fifty percent. That's an A plus draft. Yeah. Okay. Now, when you look at when you look at NFL draftings and and how teams do and whether or not they've kept people on the team, even the New England Patriots, if they've had no people from like three years ago on on their team, that's still a failed draft. Yeah. Okay. But a fifty, you know, you know, fifty percent is an A. Uh-huh. That means that you have the same people starting when you first drafted them and are still playing on your team and have learned the system and are getting better. So when you when you do this, one out of four is 25%. That's not an F, okay? That, that's, that's a B, maybe a C, uh-huh. okay? Because there were some good that came out of those other movies. Yeah, they weren't just complete shit. Well, no, they were complete shit. <laughs> There was some good that came out of them, though, right? Well, that would mean they're not complete shit. Well, no, they're still complete shit. Complete shit means there's no good coming out of no, it. No, because if you have complete shit, you can still make life out oh, of it. Oh, you can still find a, an undigested piece of corn? Or maggot, you know. <laughs> okay. Let's, you see what I'm saying? There's life. Grosser. Life can grow out of shit. Yeah. Or a flower, whatever you want to call it. Circle of life, Mufasa. Yeah. But 25% is not a fail. 25% one in four movies uh, shows that you're willing to change your process yeah. and make a movie that people want to go see. And this is, that's exactly what they did. Mm-hmm. And I, like I said, I equate that to the NFL draft. That's a C, C, C plus, B minus. So when Justice League comes out, I have no hopes for Justice League. Yeah, no. Because I don't like the way the Flash looks. I don't like the fact that they're ignoring all the stuff that they're doing on the TV stuff show. Yeah. There's no Green Lantern. It looks like Superman's going to be held back probably till the end. Yeah, there's no Green Lantern. They have the Green Arrow that they could be using, but they're they're killing that character off on TV for whatever reasons. And I don't mean literally killing him off, but they are making a mess out of that character. Uh-huh. Uh, one thing I did notice is that the guy that wrote the that was that's involved with the Green Lantern is it Jeff Loeb or Jeff Johns? I don't know. I have to look it up now. I think it's Jeff Jeff Johns. Okay. Joff Johns. Yeah. Wonder Jeff Johns. That's I, I didn't have to really type in much. Um, Jeff Johns. Is a longtime writer producer uh, has been g- given creative oversight of the DC film. Um, so when he took over, I I was happy, but my problem is is again he is. Uh, so he's t- technically the Kevin Feige for for DC. Uh, well, DC. technically Zack Snyder's a Kevin Feige. Is see, 
Snyder is like the the Joss Whedon for Marvel before he left. Mm. Like the high the highest respected director of the group. Yeah. That's not saying because if lot. you look with everybody else, like yeah. Favreau, um, they did here and there. Kenneth Branagh only did one movie. He directed Thor. Um, you know, you look at all these other directors. Johnson did one. You know, yeah, uh, but whoopty shit. Zack Snyder is the overseer of it all. He's the overlord. But Jeff Johns is also he's a cr- chief creative officer. Um, he, uh, yes, he was. He's involved with uh, Smallville, Arrow, and the Flash. And the problem is, is that the arrow is starting to suck, <laughs> and the flash is starting to wane, and and the pro- and that problem is 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 directly related to the movies, by the way. Mm. And you can't continue to have a character do the same shit over and over again every season, and you can't and expect people to stay with the character. If you look at the history of the Green Arrow, he's a funny motherfucker. Uh-huh. You know. And sarcastic and handsome and a womanizer and all this shit. Oh, yeah. If you watch him on, uh, was it uh, Injustice? Gods, Gods, Gods Amongst Us? The fucking video game? Yeah. If you look at just that, when it does the little intro you know, thing before each fight, you see what kind of uh, how different Oliver Queen's character is on that. Yeah. He's nothing like that on the show with Stephen Amell. Yeah, nothing. Because, you know, Injustice, Gods Among Us is... You, you... I'm trying to back you the fuck up. I know you're trying to back me up. <laughs> I'm trying to throw in something mainstream. It's a that fucking it's it's a 30 second intro versus six years worth of cartoons. Yeah, and that's more true to the fucking character than what Stephen Amell. Oh, has I'm done. not saying you're not wrong. I'm just saying Are you, I could have used something else. Could have used something else. Well, that's what I'm, I'm trying to make an example. Just even that little thing is more than six, five seasons of. I've of the given show you a hard time, Joe. <laughs> Stop to finish. That. My pee-pee just shrunk. I know. It happens to us all. <laughs> um, so I'm hoping that Jeff gets it right. I'm hoping. Uh-huh. But I don't hold out any hope. I, I think that in the next year, with the exception of Wonder Woman, if uh, if if Justice League does not work out, they're going to scrap everything. Yeah. And that's why they're waiting on, for the Batman movie. Yeah. Uh, that's why they're waiting on the Batman movie, not for <laughs> To see what happens with Justice League. I think I, 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 I'm starting, I'm really noticing what you said after we saw Batman v, um, v Superman about uh, Ben Affleck. There's times where he really looks like he's fat. Like his face looks fat in the, in the, in the suit. Yeah. And when there's clips from the, the, the new Justice League movie and it keeps showing you know Batman, I keep seeing chubby face fucking Batman. It's because the fucking mask is too tight. Yeah, it's something. There's something wrong. It looks like who's the I, chubby boy? I huh? hate that fucking shit. Look, like in the cartoon series, he can move his head. Yeah, you know, and and the reason for that is is that the mask that he wears is a cape and cowl. Yeah, with a helmet underneath the mask. Uh huh. So that way, you know. When he's moving around, he can see left and right, and I know I just came off mic, but and then he can you can still put him in you know the armored suit or whatever it is. Yeah. And my other problem is is that they continue doing the same shit with Batman that they did with from fucking fifteen twenty years ago. If you're gonna give him a car, why are you giving him the tumbler? <laughs> give him a car. Batman is a rich motherfucker. Yeah. And he has cool goddamn gadgets, and one of those gadgets. Is his car? Yeah, his car is supposed to be cool and sleek. It's like not a yeah. fucking ATV with guns on it. Yeah, I stop fucking with the character 
and give him the purpose that he was put on this earth to beat the shit out of crime. That's his job. He doesn't kill them. He fucking destroys them. Yeah. Just beats the living shit out of them. And he uses and he uses his gadgets, but that's not what Batman is about. The gadgets are secondary. Yeah. He is a detective. His job is to trace the clues back to the scene of the crime and find the people responsible and break their arms. Yeah. <laughs> Bust some skulls, right? Yeah. He's like Sherlock Holmes with guano. Yeah. No. <laughs> He's like he's like Sherlock Holmes, but rich. Yeah, you know, and he's got all these fucking cool gadgets for any occasion and any time. And Batman's creed is always be prepared. Just like if you watch any of the Justice League stuff, and and it comes out that uh, Batman has a contingency plan for every superhero on Earth. Yeah, and they get pissed off at him, and he looks at them and goes. So you're telling me you don't have a contingency plan for Superman? And they said, no, why? So, well, what would happen if, say, something something that Poison Ivy created affects him? They're talking specifically about Hush. Yeah. Affects him, and he turns on all of us. That man can destroy Earth. Yeah. And you're telling me you don't have a contingency plan for that? Because I do. I have a contingency plan for all of you guys. I know how to stop every one of you people. And they're like, oh, my God. And he's like, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And you should have one for me too. Yeah, if you were smart. Yeah. And and they and they got over it. He's like because he had to cuz something happened to Superman. Yeah. He had to use the contingency plan to disable every one of those guys and bring them back from whatever they were affected by. Yeah. And Superman is not invulnerable. He is affected by magic. Yeah. That's and that's why Shazam can beat Superman. Because Shazam is magic. <laughs> yeah. So that's why they created Shazam as the alternative to Superman, who is invulnerable to all but whatever Superman's invulnerable to. All right. So, long story, getting to the point, which is, if they fuck up with Justice League, you're going to see an entire shakeup at DC. Yeah. Better fucking bring it, dude, because all I'm seeing is Russian. Dude, I can, I can write a fucking DC movie over a weekend. I, I can at least do a... Uh, a spec script. A rough draft. Yeah, and base it off of Superman Red Sun, yeah. or uh, Red Krypton, if you know what Red Krypton is. Is you that right? To- you told me about it before. Where he's uh, he's um, not American. He's he's Russian. Oh, yeah. Yeah, son of uh, the Red... I think it's called Red Sun, uh, R-E-D-S-O-N. Where he crashed in, in, in yeah. Soviet Union instead of, uh, yeah. Instead of, was it Kansas? Is Smallville in Kansas? No, yes. Yes. Okay. Good. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, so it is called Red Sun. Three issue, d- released in two thousand three. It's a what if 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 the bad things happen. Yes. Anyways, so there's there's a there's a lot you could do with these characters, but Super long story awesome. short is if you're going to fuck with if you're going to fuck with good characters, you deserve not to uh, not 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 to uh, make these movies. Yeah. So yeah, um, we're both on board with Wonder Woman. Just- oh, absolutely. Keep going. <laughs> yeah, it's not enough. You man. started one. Yeah. Now it's the next one. Yeah. Um. So, uh, on the flicks of the week, mine is I. I wasn't sure if I was gonna talk about this show, but the season finale just happened for it on Saturday evening or Sunday evening. Uh, it's called The Leftovers. Um. It is based off of a 2011 novel from a guy named uh, Tom Parada. Um. 
He is a co-creator of the show with <laughs> Damon Lindelof. Um, they both are, um, wrote um, wrote episodes for the series. Um, from what I understand, okay, Leftovers is the reason why I've been reluctant to bring the show up, and I, I definitely waited till it was over with because three se- three seasons and out is is an intelligent way to go with the show. So it's only twenty eight episodes total. Uh, here's the premise. One day, sorry, the show is set three years after what is called the sudden departure happens. And the sudden departure is where 2% of the world's population just vanished in, from where the, wherever, wherever they were at. Didn't matter if it was a baby, old person, whatever. 2% of the world's population. And so three years later, it's showing how people are dealing with it in their own ways and how they're, it's created like this void. Um, it's almost created like the sadness that I could compare to, say, the 2006 movie with Clive Owen called Children of Men, where people couldn't have babies anymore. Um, and so there was no more children left in the world, and there was this sadness, constant sadness over everything, this gloom. Um, this show is about, and I look, I feel retarded when it comes to this show. This show for me is like watching a David Lynch movie to a point. Maybe not as extreme, but close to it because there's a lot of metaphor in, um, on the show. And I had to read about this from, from, from other people, but it, and it makes sense. So I'm going to go off what they said. And the, the biggest reason for this show is it's about faith. It's about religion. It's about faith. It is about how society reacts to tragedy and, and how um, the faith, faith in, in something can overlook all rational thought and, and, and things like that. Um, why people go to the extremes with things that they do. So the main character of the show is, uh, is uh, a character named, uh, was it fucking <laughs> Kevin Garvey. He's played by Justin Thoreau, um, who's, you know, he's a well-known actor, screenwriter. Uh, he's hooked up with uh, Jennifer Aniston. Um, his character of uh, Steve is, or I'm sorry, of Kevin, is he's a, he's a sheriff in a small town. And his estranged wife, played by Eileen Brenneman, or Amy Brenneman, um, she's now in a cult, a cult called the um, the Guilty Remnant. And this cult is these people that have taken a vow of silence, and they wear all white, and they smoke constantly, and they don't talk. And it, it they never fully explain why they do what they do, but they're pretty much there to show everybody that there is no such thing as family because of the the way these people all just disappeared and it didn't discriminate when all these people disappeared when two percent of the world's population disappeared um it didn't discriminate on who disappeared it was so random that no matter what they've tried to do there's been no um backup for it no explanation to why how this could have happened um now theories have come up with the show during the three seasons that it was on about certain things. Now, when you get to the final season, which I don't want to give it away, just watch the series. Um, it gives you what could possibly be the explanation, like a, like a half explanation for where these people went, but it makes you do it based on faith. If you believe this character when they say that this happened to them, so you know that if it's true or not, you don't know. And that's, that's kind of like what the whole meaning of the show is. Like I said, it's about faith. And 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 what we do to convince ourselves of this and convince ourselves of that, um, the movie the, the the show is very confusing, but 
it is so well acted and so compelling to watch that I'm willing to keep going along with it and being confused the whole time as I'm watching it. Does that make sense? Uh-huh. Uh, it just works. I, 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 I can't, I can't, I can't recommend it for everyone, but there's there's so many good actors and characters in this. Uh, Carrie Coon from Fargo, she's one of the main characters. Um, she lost. She's what's considered a a rarity when it came to people that lost someone in the in the sudden departure because her husband and her two kids disappeared when normally it would just be one person from someone's family or or none. So she's um it, it she's going through this this suffering and denial about things harder than most people that have lost someone because of the sudden departure. And you can see like the, the, the coping things, the things that she does to cope and, and like, um, then they introduce her brother who's a, who's a, uh, evangelist who's played by Christopher Eccleston, you know, who played, uh, Destro in the GI Joe movie from 10 years ago. Um, it was, uh, it's just, this show was just interesting. Uh, Liv Tyler's in there. She's in the first two seasons. Um, you got another actress who's named uh, uh, Holy fuck, where's she at? Ann Dord. Uh, she is really interesting as the leader of the Guilty Remnant. Uh, the the show goes in these unexpected directions. Uh, Scott Glenn plays uh, Thoreau's uh, father, um, who is like he he seems to have some inner bead on what's going on with the with this so called impending apocalypse that uh, that might happen. Right, that everyone's, you know, worried about. But yet, it—it's like everyone in this show is going through some kind of weird haze, and so you never fully understand what any character is going through. You only take certain things at face value, and that's what keeps it so interesting. Um, some people are going to be on board with it. Some people are not. I think it's compelling, and it, it makes you question certain things about about the way we view religion and society and things like that. Um, I do recommend seeing it. If you have HBO uh, on demand, every single episode, all 28 episodes are on there. Um, And uh, yeah, there's just, you know what? If you read about some of the theories about the show, it kind of adds some fun to it as well. Like maybe it could be that, maybe it's not, you know, and the show never does this thing where it has to explain everything. Like say when Lost ended, when Lost ended, um, they explained almost everything except left a couple little things out. Um, This time, you know, another Lindelof project, Thank God it's not big screen because he seems to work better on TV shows than he does on big screen movies. Uh, they don't, they don't, they just, they give you a little bit, but they don't give you very much. And so it just, it, for me, it worked. I, I'm glad I watched it. I'm glad I stuck along with it. Uh, the leftovers. All right. Um, there was a, uh, a, a DVD or a movie that came out like, well, they say it came out in 2010, but I remember it coming out earlier than that. Anyways, I, but again, I, uh, <laughs> I've, I, I lost a year of my life because of, uh, events. Anyways, yeah. uh, long story short, um, there's a movie called Ultramarines. It's based off of, uh, Warhammer 40K. It's written by Dan Abnett. Uh, Dan Abnett is a guy that's written a ton of novels. He also, uh, helped write Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh huh. Well, he is a great writer, in my opinion. Um, he's one of the few that I, uh, anytime a Warhammer book comes out, I've always picked up because of the, his style of writing. This is a CGI film. <coughs> Excuse me. It's based on the Ultramarines chapter of the Space Marines uh, with Terrence Stamp, Sean Pertwee, and John Hurt 
who are uh, part of the cast of voice actors. And uh, it also has uh, Donald Sumter and a couple of others. The basis for the movie is a group of Space Marines of the Imperial Fists chapter uh, come under attack from an unknown enemy. This is the beginning of the movie. Um, and you're trying to follow along. It's actually kind of difficult to follow along. You hear chatter. You hear a bunch of shooting, or you see a bunch of shooting, and you see explosions, and then it cuts to a bunch of Space Marines on board a strike cruiser. Now, it, when you look at this, this whole thing, the Space Marines are very gothic in nature with the way that their ships are set up. They look like huge cathedrals. Okay. And it's done that way on purpose um, in the Imperium of Man. They don't believe in God. They don't believe in demons or spirits or anything else like that. Everything is very scientific and very matter-of-fact. If somebody's quote-unquote possessed, it can happen, but it's not a demon or a god. You know, it's, it's a taint from the, from the warp. And, okay. you know, that, that stuff does happen. Okay. You just, they, they use archaic terms to convey stuff that's happening scientifically. Well, okay. <laughs> as we go from the stinger right into the main story, you have, uh, you have Brother Proteus and Captain Severus of the Ultramarines chapter, and they, they're sparring in a training duel. Captain Severus is leading this this fight and he's showing them how, he's showing all these new marines in this chapter how to um do hand-to-hand combat they're fighting with swords so uh severus gets disarmed and proteus you know uh tells him to yield but severus says nothing he keeps saying you know yield to me yield to me yield to me and severus finally he he grabs Proteus and throws him on the ground and says, "Ultramarines never yield," and that's that's kind of the basis of the story. You know, it's 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 the it's the one piece of dialogue that grips you when you say, "Okay, well, if the, the I, I know what's going to happen," type of thing. You know, there's always something that's going on. It's uh, what do they call it? The uh, the gun. It's the something gun. Um, not the smoking gun, but there's an actual name for it where if you see something on the wall, it's a gun, yeah. you have to use that item, you know? Okay. And, and it, it, well, if the camera shows you something, like if you, you know that the characters are going to use it, such as Jason's hockey mask, you uh-huh. know, kids using Jason's hockey mask, you know that's going to be used later on down the road. Okay. You know. Oh, um, didn't they call it a MacGuffin? No, it, they called it something else, and I just can't remember the name Red of it. Red herring? No, a red herring is a false, false, false clue. Duis Deus. No, stop talking. I'm just throwing. Oh, fuck you. It's like Ezekiel's gun or something like that. Something gun. The God Killer. Um, hey, man. Preacher it, season two is almost here. Yes, it is. Um, it looks awesome except for the Come On Eileen song. I fucking hate that song. It drives me nuts. Okay. How much I hate that fucking song. You know a show is it, it's, is it's fine. You know a show it looks is well made when even a song that you hate playing with it isn't enough to make you not want to watch it. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. It's not that any of that. There was a whole fucking Facebook article on this, and I can't remember what it is. But basically, is it the idea that if you show something in a scene that has no use, 
uh-huh. and you focus on that for for whatever. Like if you're panning across and you focus on a picture, uh-huh. that fucking picture will be used later in the movie. Okay. Okay. And usually, and, and it's something 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 gun, and I can't remember the name of it right now, but that's where it comes from. It comes yeah. from this filmmaker who started it all, who 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 said. If you focus on it, like Hitchcock's gun or some shit like that, uh-huh. but it's not Hitchcock. If you focus on whatever, I, I don't. I'm repeating myself. So uh, that's and so uh, as I say with um, with ultramarines, you know, marines the, the, the marines never yield, which is this idea that bad things are going to happen to these guys. So. Uh, the members of the squad are shown a sacred weapon in their ship's reclusion, which is called a relic thunderhammer. Again, you show something that's going to be used that's not that has of no use. It's going to be used later in in the film, right? Yeah. Captain is right hand man apothecary Pythol uh, lead the initiates in a swearing in ceremony on the hammer. With the ceremony finished, Ultima Squad prepares themselves for their first mission, which is a short mission on the planet of Mithron. Um, they land on Mithron, they fan out, they start their, they, they start their, uh, walk towards the, there was a beacon. So they're heading towards this fortress where this beacon was. Uh, there was supposed to be a chapter of space Marines on this planet and there has been no reports of these space Marines whatsoever. So these guys have to look for them. So what they do is they land about 30 kilometers out from where the beacon is just so that they could, you know, find any survivors, right? If yeah. there are any. So as they keep, as you know, as they walk, they come across, a, there's a sandstorm, and then the sandstorm clears, and they see remnants of a battle. And it's just a, it's, everyone is dead. Some people are, are uh, impaled on rocks and then cut open. Yeah. All, you know, but everyone is dead. Uh, it is evident that the forces of chaos are responsible, and Severus, uh, decides that they must continue the mission to search for any remaining survivors. <laughs> uh, when they they approach the ruins where the ble- the beacon is uh, is is ringing, they are ambushed by the Black Legion. Uh, a couple of Ultramarines are killed, but they are thwarted. Is it called Chekhov's gun? Yes, Chekhov's gun. Thank you. <laughs> the squad continues on, and in a dark pack- passage of the shrine, they are attacked by a demon prince, and uh, he him and Severus. Um, fight and they both f- they fall through a wall and down a ravine so now that leaves uh, just a handful of guys left um, yep that's it progressing to the reliquary they find two soul surviving imperial fists which is the other um, marine chapter yeah they reveal that they've been protecting this Libra Mithras an ancient and sacred codex uh, ultimate squad agrees to help them escort the book to safety however two of the Two of the Ultramarines remain suspicious, questioning just how two of them managed to survive so long. So they get to the extraction point. They're attacked by Chaos Space Marines. They suffer heavy casualties. And as they're about to be overwhelmed, Severus suddenly appears and aids in their escape. So they get back on board. And it's it's only 70 minutes long. It's not that long. Yeah. The animation isn't great. You know, it came out in 2010. It's worse than Clone Wars. But better than most everything, uh, as far as CG goes, it's cheesy. The animation is cheesy. But then again, I mean, we're talking, you know, basically a uh, a homemade movie. Yeah. 
based off of Warhammer 40K. So, I mean, they could have gone about, you know, any other way of doing it, but they chose to do it this way. And a lot of the stuff that they do is really good. Some of the stuff, not so good. I enjoyed it. I mean, for the most part, this is a win. It, it was done to try to make a Warhammer movie to get some funding, and that IP has been problematic. They've tried to do Warhammer Fantasy Battles. They've tried to do Warhammer Fantasy. The video game, they tried to do a Warhammer uh, uh, MMO, yeah. Warhammer 40K MMO, and all of that has failed spectacularly for one reason or another. Yeah, so. the, de- the definition for Chekhov's gun is an insig- an insignificant object that later turns out to be important. Correct. I don't think I've ever heard the term Chekhov's gun. Yeah, I didn't either until I read it. So there it is. Yeah, it's exactly what you're describing. So, like I said, it was something gun. Uh, I wanted to see, is it really, like, here. here's here's one of the MMOs that was supposed to come out. <laughs> Get it? Call to arms. <laughs> oh, that's right, because THQ went out of business. And THQ was developing Dark Millennium Online. And the trailer looked fucking great. And and they did it Warcraft style, so where it just looks really cool. Uh-huh. It's not overwhelmingly detailed, you know. See? So cool, man. But no, THQ went out of business. Ooh, Adeptus Mechanicus. When's the last time you played Warhammer? Uh, years ago. I tried uh, Warhammer Total War. And I enjoyed it, but... Man, it would have been better if they had made Dark Millennium. I so wanted to see Dark Millennium as a fucking game. Everybody wanted to see that online. So, anyways, that's all I got. It's uh, it's a 7 out of 10 for me because when it came out, I really wanted to see it. I watched it. Mm. I loved it. There's some problems with it, but for the most part, you know, it's cute. All right, so if you're a fan of the series, you'll definitely like it. Yes, absolutely. All right. All right, um, all right so, yeah, I, I don't know if you got any news things. I got a couple things here. Um, the uh, company that owns uh, the rights to Cowboy Bebop is uh, is going into the early proceedings of turning the show. The early proceedings? You mean pre-production? <laughs> yes, of turning it into a live-action series. Thanks for clarifying There's that. not any, new, um, any news regarding when it's going to come out or anything like that um but it is uh they didn't even say what it might you know if it's going to be streamed or or what it's going to be it's just going to be a tv a live action tv series um i still haven't finished the damn uh, cartoon the anime um i keep forgetting to finish it um especially now that i'm on samurai jack you know i'm, I'm almost done with the second season on it um I, I i keep forgetting to go back to you know cowboy bebop uh I know that you you're the one that turned me on to Cowboy Bebop in the first place, uh-huh. and that's why I ended up buying the the whole uh, series on Blu-ray for my daughter because um, she loves anime, and I figured if she's gonna like all this new shit, might as well get her into you know the stuff that helped uh, influence it, you know. So um, that sounds cool. I mean, I'm interested. I don't know how much because you know sometimes transla- translations um, don't really work out like say the the live action Attack on Titan <laughs> that we saw, you know. <laughs> really. Some somehow translations don't work out. The fucking Cowboy Bebop has been going on for how long now? Twenty years. Yeah, yeah. You don't think they have a handle on how they're going to do it? I'll I'll take it when I see it. That's how I say it. Yeah. So, uh, 
another thing. <laughs> uh, Neil Blomkamp, uh, apparently after uh, the Alien 5 stuff uh, fell through that he was going to do, uh, he has made a commitment to uh, making a sequel to District 9, which is the movie that helped put him on the map. Uh, but in the meanwhile, he is doing um, an anthology of short films called Oats Volume um, 1, where um, he's got uh, Oats Studios is his uh, his own little company. You know, I guess like how, you know, uh, uh, Peter Jackson has Weta, you know, and Spielberg has DreamWorks, yada, yada, or Amblin, and yada, 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 right? Um, there's a new trailer that came out and it shows some, I mean, some really cool shit. I, uh, you know, alien stuff, um, space stuff. Um, the production value just looks amazing on this, on, on all the stuff that he's doing. Uh, for now, all I know is that it's going to be streaming on a, a PC gaming uh, channel called Steam. Have you ever heard of that? <laughs> You're only fucking eyes. Anyway, uh, it looks really cool. I uh, I don't have any more info about it when it's going to come out, but it it looks. You know, I, I'm a fan of Blomkamp. You know, I like his short films and I like I like his movies. You know, for forgive me. I'm telling you, man, people are not taking advantage of YouTube and their ability to reach out to millions of people with product and uh, videos. Yeah, take advantage of YouTube and start making stuff you want to make. Yeah. Who gives a shit? You're gonna get. I mean, you're gonna get paid for it. Yeah. All right. And then, lastly, for me, uh, there was this funny stuff popping up about the the new uh, uh, Murder on the Orient, Orient Express uh, uh, remake, starring Kenneth Branagh, uh, Johnny Depp, Josh Gad, and Judy Dench. Um, Ugh, Josh Gad. Yeah. Poor, um, the poor man's Jonah Hill. The cinematography on it looks amazing, uh, but. The funny part about it is when the trailer ends, when it gets to the end and it shows Kenneth Branagh as the main character of uh, Perot or, or Pyro or whatever the fuck his character's name pronounced. He's a, he's, I know, he's a popular literary character. Um, That's Inspector Perot. Yeah, there we go. Um, he said it with a French accent. Perot, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Perot. It's Pyro or Perot. Yeah. Where's my Perot? I'm sweepy. <laughs> and Ronry. Whatever. Um <laughs> it's funny because when it cuts to the end of the trailer with with uh, with Kenneth Branagh's character, then it, it it does this thing where it, it does Imagine Dragons, um, a believer song, just cuts in with the name of the movie, and it feels like really out of place. So they started making fun of it um, by doing mock uh, trailers about it, and so it, we just kept doing this thing where we'd show it again, and instead it would have like Down with the Sickness, you know, by uh by disturbed or something else something just it was be it just something that felt completely out of place and it's pretty funny especially because it sets it up every time with willem defoe's character saying and who are you or something it's fucking stupid <laughs> you haven't seen the trailer huh? no all right check it out now yeah the original film came out in 1974 still never seen it it's like clue on a train yeah pretty much like clue, clue, exactly who done it michelle puffeifer it's my understanding that Johnny Depp is the one that dies in the movie. Yeah. He's not he doesn't play Poirot. No. It's Kenneth Branagh. Yeah. Hercule Poirot. <laughs> yeah, that really doesn't fit, does it? No, it doesn't. I mean I could see look, I'm not a big fan of Imagine Dragons, but that song could fit in a lot of trailers, just not in something that's set in the time that this this movie set in. It doesn't work. But all the all the fun stuff that they made of of adding stuff onto it looks pretty funny. Let's see if we can find parody trailers. 
<laughs> no, that's fucking funny. Yeah. Fucking great. Yeah. See, there's the Oats trailer if you wanted to check out the way it looks. I think you gotta go up, back up a little teeny bit. So you'll see like this weird crocodile alien looking fucker. Yeah. <laughs> I am Hercule Perot. <laughs> okay. Pretty good. That's pretty good. It's like when I watched... Uh, uh, oh, the Daisy great, Ridley. Yeah, The Great Gatsby. And there was all this Jay-Z shit in the movie. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? It's so out of place. <laughs> that one made me snort because it's fucking country. Yeah, yeah. People jumped on this shit like right when the fucking trailer came yeah. out. There's some funny motherfuckers out there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is funnier, funnier. <laughs> I guess the next trailers won't have such uh, modern music in them. <laughs> 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 fucking great. <laughs> I gotta watch all of these. Yeah. It's, it's, it's always one more. Just one more. Yeah, I know. All right, just one more. <laughs> what the <Whee>! fuck? <laughs> 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 it looks like uh, Dennis Quaid. Yeah, when I first saw him, I thought it was Pierce Brosnan. Got that fucking huge old mustache. Yeah, I was like, dude, that could be Kurt Russell. Fucking <laughs> like anybody. Did I say Dennis Quaid? I think he did. Yeah, I meant Kurt Russell. My cousin, man, she she pisses me off because there's certain there's two people in my life that she has ruined their appearance to me. Two of them. One is Christopher Reeve, and the other one is Dennis Quaid. She says that Dennis Quaid looks like a mongoloid mouth, right? Like he's he's got something wrong with him. She goes, just look at how he talks, right? And so every and I don't see it. I still to this day don't see it. What the way Dennis Quaid like she sees you mean, him. You mean? Not Dennis Quaid, Jeff Bridges. Well, she she never said anything about Jeff Bridges, but um, when it just sucks because every time I see Dennis Quaid in something, that's always the thought that pops in my head is the fucking her comments about him. Right. The other thing is this: I had a, an aunt Jeannie who looks kind of like a a female version of Christopher Reeve, <laughs> and yeah, it's not very attractive, and. My one day, my cousin. Thank you so much, Sharon. Thank you so fucking much for this. She pointed out that that they look alike, and so now every time I watch super, any of the Superman movies with Christopher Reeve, I always picture Aunt fucking Ginny, and it just it fucking ruins it. Okay, it ruins it so bad. Uh, yeah, so That's funny, you fucking asshole. <laughs> Thanks a lot. So, uh, has anyone ever ruined anything like that for you? No, no. Oh, fuck it. All right. I can't see him in the same I don't let anymore. people control me like that. Oh, God damn it. He, he had to go. I don't. That's why I don't care about, and I stay away from spoilers, but if I hear spoilers, it doesn't ruin um, the the moment in the movie for me because when I go see the movie, that's, that's the moment I want to watch the movie. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> All right. Do you got any more news, Dad? No. All right. So- the next film that we are going to be talking about on Cinescape Magazine Movie Reviews is going to be The Mummy Remake, which is supposed to open up a new cinematic universe of shared monster movies. Yeah, that's what Dracula and Toll was supposed to do. Yeah, so um, apparently uh, Russell Crowe's character is going to be playing Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Um, and then uh, Johnny Depp's supposed to be getting introduced later on as the Invisible Man. And uh, 
and there's some secret around uh, Tom Cruise's character. I think he's going to turn out to be the real mummy in Possible. some way or another. You know? Maybe. So anyway, um, I'm not look. I I, I don't. I haven't really gotten excited for this film because the 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 the, the mummy trilogy from Stephen Sommers. Um, I love the first movie. Ramping for time, and I like the second movie a little bit. You Ramping know, I, for time. I know I could use this stuff in the next week, couldn't I? So fine, no more vamping for time. I am Joe Spiegel. <laughs> Mike Sutherland, <laughs> stop that. We don't need to fucking intro ourselves every time. Oh, I am me. You are you. You don't need to do that. Good night. Yes, exactly. That's all right. Good show. Jolly good show. Jolly good show indeed. Hakuna Matata, bitches. This is the Cinescape Movie Podcast. We thank you for listening to the show. And if you have any questions or comments, you can email us or tweet us. My handle is at Joe Spiegel underscore Joe. My handle. That's what I call it, my handle. You can tweet me at. You can send me a tweet at. Tweet me at. You can follow me. Fuck off. All right. Yeah, follow. You can you know, follow me or tweet me at. Send a tweet to. All right. Follow. Follow would be better. You can follow me on tweet, t- Twitter. You can Twitter me. You can follow me on Twitter at Joe Spiegel underscore Joe. And for me, it is at. What about you? MPS 5150 because I make it easy. Yeah, you do. Well, that's the end of the show. Thank you for listening. And please remember, share the podcast. Hey, hey, hey. What is it, Joe? Yeah. You see that little button over there? Yeah. Yes. All you what do button? The little share button. Which button is that? It says share. Sometimes it's a little arrow that goes in a circle. Regardless, it's there. Or more. So share. Share. Share that podcast. Click that shit. <laughs> it's simple. Please. We put we do put some work into this. Not a lot. Not a lot. Not as much as we should. But still, all you have to do is click the share button. Yeah. Click anything that says share. Like on our movie reviews, there's a Facebook share and a Google Plus. Pick one. We Sp- prefer Facebook, but you know. Spread the love. Help us grow. Spread the love and we will spread our legs open for you. No, we won't. I take showers. <laughs> well what is that one? Show the balls? <laughs> open your balls. Open your balls. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, share, share the, share the show. Share the hell out of it. <laughs> share. <laughs> Give her some love. I sound like little Nick. <laughs> Have a good night. <laughs> this is the end. It's the end. Finito! The end, I tell you! We're all going to nibble the dust! Or go fuck yourself.